Miami needs a feel-good bounce-back victory against Middle Tennessee. So which Hurricanes players are we buying stock in this week? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked on College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. So we start to turn the page on the Texas A&M loss and look ahead to Middle Tennessee. Uh, This is obviously a game Miami must win. There's certain areas we must see improvement in. And then you've got the bye week before you start ACC play in early October. So this is an important one for the Hurricanes. Let's talk about player stock and coaches stock as well heading into this game. Whose stock has been falling? Whose has been rising? And then most importantly... Who are we at Locked on Canes buying stock in for this matchup against Middle Tennessee? As always, I am inspired by my colleague, Collier Logan, at allhurricanes.com, who posts his stock report every week. According to Collier, uh, the players whose stock is up this week after Texas A&M. Safety, James Williams. Obviously, we agree. He had a big game. Seven tackles, two passes defended this past week. James was all over the field. He also writes in offensive lineman Jalen Rivers. And yes, he deserves certainly props. The entire O-line does. Rivers especially. Zero sacks allowed last week was doing great in run blocking as well. He also has tight end Will Mallory stock rising. He had six receptions for 56 yards last week. Uh, We want to see even more of Will moving forward. And Will also did a great job bouncing back from an injury scare. The dude is absolutely tough as nails. Uh, I would also add, when it comes to stock up, those are Colliers. I would, big time, I would add DJ Ivy to that list of stock up. That was one of his best performances, if not his best performance, in a University of Miami uniform. That's the way DJ Ivy plays in practice. We finally saw it in a game. I thought he was fantastic. So I have DJ Ivy stock going up as well. As far as stock down, he's got head coach Mario Cristobal's stock going down. He writes, let's start by making it clear that Cristobal isn't even in the same zip code as the proverbial hot seat. Uh, But that doesn't mean he wowed anyone with his game management skills against A&M. The Hurricanes got 27 first downs, outgained A&M significantly by yardage, and had four trips to the red zone. These stats equaled to nine total points in the game on three field goals. The Hurricanes had drives of 65, 71, 73, and 84 yards, all end in field goal attempts. Uh, and you know, also if you're going to talk about coaches stock being down, I do think Josh Gaddis, of course, the offensive coordinator and play caller, he has to be in that conversation as well, but I like the way the Collier let it off. Like they're not in the zip code of the proverbial hot seat folks. I see this every single day, ever since the A&M game in our Twitter mentions at lockdown canes and in our YouTube comments, you've got these annoying 
Oregon fans and Michigan fans who like to go after Gaddis, and of course the Oregon fans who like to go after Cristobal, even though these frauds were all begging him not to leave. And then the day after he left, we hate this guy. Get him out of here. We don't ever want to see Mario again. I don't think that's how people talk in Oregon, but that's that's just my villain voice, okay? Uh, so, you know, all, all these frauds are like trash talking their former coaches on the way out. The Michigan fans go after Gaddis constantly. But I've seen some of these uh, agitators in our comments claiming that me, you know, I do Kane's content and you guys who listen to us and watch us, they claim we're already trying to fire coaches. Like, dude, no, we're not. <laughs> We're not trying to fire coaches. We're not trying to fire anyone three games in, okay? So it's one thing to critique. Like, it's one thing to critique and say, I didn't like this play call and the other. I didn't like how you had to burn a timeout early in the third quarter when you could have used it late in the fourth quarter. But nobody sane is trying to fire anybody right now. So all of these provocateurs on our social media and our YouTube comments. No, we're not trying to fire people right now. And uh, Collier also says uh, quarterback Tyler Van Dyke, his stock is down 21 for 41 last week, 217 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions either. He says, obviously wide receivers are a huge factor in a quarterback success. And the Canes receiving core was subpar on Saturday. There were drops. Yes, but also missed throws to wide open targets. If Van Dyke is the Heisman candidate that so many believe he is, uh, by the way, I'm going to say that um, there's basically zero chance the TBD wins the Heisman now. I think, you know, okay, maybe he goes on such an incredible nine-game run that he gets himself right back in it. He would have to have an impressive performance against Clemson. But I think he would have needed to have signature moments in that AM game in order to really be a Heisman candidate. So... Um, when it comes to what I'm buying stock in, I am not buying stock into TVD for the Heisman right now. I don't know what the odds are on that today. I'm not buying into that one. I will not be betting on Tyler Van Dyke winning the Heisman, but listen, I, I don't, I don't care. I don't want individual. I don't care. I mean, I'd like these guys to win individual awards, but I want them to win football games and play for an ACC championship game is, uh, is what I'm looking at. Yeah. I would also say certain members of the wide receiver core stock is well, okay. You know what, when you're talking about stock down, I don't know how we don't mention Tyreek Stevenson, his stock goes down after, uh, you know, a critical special teams error. And I would also say Brashard Smith stock went down uh, and not having a good game filling in for Xavier Restrepo as the starting slot receiver. So that's the way that I look at. And then the big question is, you know, we love this on the stock report. Who are we buying stock in this week? Because, guys, you know, we like to buy low. OK, we like to buy low. That's the financial advice we give you. This is not like your kooky neighbor neighbor down the street to your Uncle Louie down the block who's like, come here, come here, listen. I got an idea, something, something you should be buying stock in this week. I don't know if you've heard of these guys. They're over in Japan. They make cars. You should buy Toyota stock. They sold a lot of cars this year. Like, eh. We don't need to give you the ones everybody else is buying, okay? We give you the ones that are flying under the radar a little bit. So who am I buying stock in this week? A name that I just mentioned. Heading into this Middle Tennessee game, I think this guy's going to have a good game, potentially a big game, a bounce-back game. I am buying low on Brashard Smith. 
just three catches for 14 yards against the Aggies and a couple of really tough drops, including the drop on that fourth down play that sealed the loss for Miami. But Brashard Smith, I think this is a great opportunity. And by the way, this is not real financial advice because these aren't real stocks. But I think this is a great opportunity to buy low on Brashard Smith because this man is fast and explosive. He's versatile and he can be a weapon and a home run threat. So Brashard Smith, who had a poor game last week, as most of the wide receivers did, uh, and unfortunately the wide receiver who had the best game, Jacoby George, is now injured. <laughs> you know, he's going to be out for several weeks with a broken thumb. But I am absolutely buying low on Brashard Smith because you know his four catches for three catches for 14 yards last week and drops, I don't think tell the story. Uh, and Brashard Smith, he's a player you can line up wide you can line him up as a running back you can line him up as a slot the coaching staff needs to find more creative ways to use him and get him involved and Tyler Van Dyke needs to maybe make a better effort to build more chemistry with him and vice versa he's got to do that with TVD as well but uh, I am absolutely buying low on Brashard Smith because I am fully expecting as we're going to be about another five or six weeks here without Xavier Restrepo I am fully expecting Brashard Smith to have some big games and nice performances between now and the time Restrepo comes back and hopefully after Restrepo comes back as well. And if you look at the defense Miami is facing, because I've started to study Middle Tennessee a little bit because we're getting to that point in the week where you start to think about Saturday. Middle Tennessee has been a bit vulnerable against the pass so far this year. They give up 231 passing yards per game, and the teams they've played so far are – James Madison, who blew him out, and then they've got wins over Colorado State and Tennessee State. So they, of course, have not faced uh, a team with a quarterback and the type of offensive talent, including a wide receiver that Miami has. So depending on how much Miami chooses to throw the football, because they may really want to emphasize the run, but depending on how many times Miami chooses to throw, the Middle Tennessee defense can absolutely be vulnerable to the pass. As to who else we're buying stock on, it's a little bit more difficult when you're talking about the defense, okay? Because honestly, if I'm going to go by my rule of buying low and selling high, I think I might be a couple days too late to buy stock in DJ Ivy, right? It, doesn't this, it reminds me of the time that I was like two days late on AMC stock and GameStop when those were both like everyone was buying the meme stocks and then like FOMO, like, oh my God. You know, AMC is up like 300%. Let me buy it at the top and not make any money. Like, I, I think that may be uh, where we're getting here with uh, with DJ Ivy. I don't know. But yeah, maybe I still will because I'm going to sit back and watch DJ Ivy this week. If he has another big game, then it's definitely too late. Maybe if DJ Ivy takes a step back for whatever reason to get to Middle Tennessee, I might buy some stock. In, stack, in fact, the entire defense, the entire defense, the stock is soaring so high this week that I'm not sure if I'm buying a whole lot of stock on defense because everybody's going up, except maybe I might buy some stock in Caleb Johnson, who did have a really good game. Uh, Caleb Johnson, the Mike linebacker transfer from UCLA, he had been really quiet up until the Texas A&M game where he played really well. That was his best game so far. Uh, I think Caleb is going to continue to get even better. Now, the only problem for Caleb is his snap count is always going to be limited because he and Corey Flagg played the exact same position, and Corey Flagg is playing exceptionally well. And uh, I think it was David Lake from Inside the U asked Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator, when we were on campus on Monday talking to the coaches, like he asked him, like, hey, 
Is there any way to get these guys both on the field at the same time? And Kevin Steele said no, because they played the exact same position and we can't just carve out a spot for both of them because the characteristics don't work anywhere else. I thought Kevin Steele made a great analogy on that, right? I mean, to try and say that uh, that these guys, uh, that to try and say Miami's two linebacker spots are both linebackers, because in Kevin Steele's mind, they're so different. It would be like saying quarterbacks and running backs play the same position because they're both backs. I thought that was a great analogy. So... Uh, so it's really not uh, it's really not the same thing that you can't just put a Mike linebacker at at the Sam or at the star uh, at the will. It just it doesn't work. So, um, you know, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see Caleb Johnson and Corey Flagg on this field at the same time. But I still think Caleb Johnson is somebody I consider buying stock in because I think he's going to continue to get better. All right. There are a few more I am buying stock in. We're going to talk about that when we come back, my friends. Plus. Really, really interesting perspective from Tyreek Stevenson himself on the critical mistake he made. He writes a blog for Kane Sport, and he reviewed his own mistake on that muffed punt. I was very eager to read his perspective. So we still have a lot to come, folks. I don't know why you would go anywhere, because Locked on Canes keeps on rolling here on this Wednesday. And guys, LinkedIn Jobs are helping so many people, small businesses, and potential employees. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Then, uh, first, uh, you create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then, you add your job in the purple hiring hashtag frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And, guys, it works because people who want jobs see that, and they're going to reach out to you. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Available free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your pods and available free on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to our channel. So, so far, the ones I've given you that I am buying stock in this week, this is not financial advice. I think legally I have to say that. Uh, I am buying low on Brashard Smith because I think Brashard Smith is going to have a handful of really great games coming up here. Uh, I think he's too talented to play the way that he played against Texas A&M, and he'll be facing easier defenses moving forward because remember uh, you know you, you have middle Tennessee this week who can be vulnerable against the pass then in a couple weeks you've got North Carolina who can't stop a nosebleed they can score a lot of points North Carolina Miami's defense will be tested Miami's offense though has no excuse not to score big against UNC so Brashard Smith is going to have some opportunities I am buying stock in number 12 um I'm buying stock in Caleb Johnson, even though most of the defensive stocks are already soaring at this point. Um, Going back to the offense, folks, I am definitely buying low on Thad Franklin. 
I mean, this this would be like getting in the ground floor when Bitcoin was at like a dollar, right? I mean, I am definitely buying low on Thad Franklin. I don't care what the reasons might have been last week. He wasn't used enough, especially in the red zone. I think you could have used Thad Franklin with his size at 240 pounds and his balance. I think if Thad had played more in the red zone, could have maybe scored a touchdown for Miami. Uh, and so, yeah, there, there's a lot to be high about in Miami's running game because Jalen Knighton had a really good game. Uh, he looks like he's getting back to 100%. Henry Parrish, his stock has been high all season long, but I am buying the dip on Thad Franklin. He's at 5.7 yards per carry this season. Now, if you look at Middle Tennessee's defense, the way that they stack up against the run, uh, they are better so far this year against the run than they are against the pass. They give up 104 rushing yards per game, which isn't great, but that's better than their total against the pass. But they haven't faced a team with as big and physical of an offensive line as Miami's. I'm hoping that if Miami could get as much push as they did against Texas A&M, they should have a lot of push against Middle Tennessee. Fingers crossed. And yeah, with the Canes depleted wide receiver group, uh, Miami is definitely going to want to establish the running game. And I think this is the type of game where they were basically too deep in the backfield against AM. They will be three deep in the backfield this week. I think Thad Franklin is going to get a lot more burn than he did. He only had one carry last week against AM. I think Franklin's going to get a lot more burn. And you're going to see that production because every time Thad has gotten opportunities, this guy puts together big yard per carry averages because he's really, really, really hard to tackle. So I think this is going to be a decent bounce back game for Thad Franklin. As to who else I'm buying stock in, I mean, I've I've been saying this for a couple of weeks. You know, we've been waiting. We've been waiting for this one to go to the moon. But I'm buying stock in Miami's top two tight ends, especially. I mean, I guess I'm a little hesitant to buy Jaleel Skinner stock, although I hope Miami uses Jaleel Skinner a little bit at wide receiver because he's got the body and the speed for it. But I'm definitely buying stock in Will Mallory and Elijah Arroyo. Even though Mallory's stock is pretty high after last week because he had a good game, um, and Arroyo had 29-yard catch on a wheel route, I think both of them, they need to get more involved in the offense. Tyler Van Dyke needs to get the tight ends more involved. Josh Gaddis needs to get the tight ends more involved, and I know Mario Cristobal wants to because Cristobal, when we spoke to him on Monday, was quite adamant about how they are trying to get the tight ends more involved in the passing game. And... Again, with Jacoby George and, and Xavier Restrepo out, your wide receiver depth is being tested. And like, listen, I know you have six scholarship wide receivers left. Half of these guys haven't done anything, though, is the problem. Because like we brought up something on our Twitter yesterday at Locked on Canes. You know, I asked you guys, do you think Miami should consider, you know, maybe cross training them in practice, see what happens, consider using someone like tight end Jaleel Skinner, Defensive back Malik Curtis, who his primary position in high school was wide receiver. He played like every position at Bishop Vero in Fort Myers, but his primary position was wide receiver. And even Devin Perry, uh, Devon Perry, the walk-on running back, comes from a wide receiver background. Would you consider cross-training these guys? A lot of people like the idea. A lot of people are on board with it. Like, hey, give these guys a shot. But a handful of you were saying things like, there's no point. You have six scholarship wide receivers still on the roster. You know, most NFL teams only carry five wide receivers. So you need your six scholarship guys to step up. And that's all fine and good. The problem is half of them aren't doing anything. So it's like 
I like the idea of maybe cross-training and experimenting because, folks, the way that I look at it is you want to try to get your best 11 guys on the field at once, okay? And if Jaleel Skinner or Malik Curtis might actually provide you more of a spark than, you know, someone like Isaiah Horton, who's still young, true freshman coming along, or like Colby Young, who unfortunately has been on a milk carton so far this season. You know I love Colby Young. And, and Frank Ladson. He's not doing much. I still have hope for Ladson because, you know, he made some big plays at a big time program at Clemson. He knows how to win. He knows what it means to be on a winning team and to make big plays. But Ladson has been, uh, you know, you haven't seen much of him. 20 snaps last week, no catches. So when half of your six wide receivers haven't done a lick, I don't mind the idea of cross training a little bit. All right. But I got off on a bit of a tangent. The tight end room needs to get a lot more involved in the passing game, and I think that's going to be a point of emphasis this week. So I am buying stock in Will Mallory, and I'm buying stock in Elijah Arroyo to hopefully have a big game against Middle Tennessee. So, you know, I, I wanted to read a little excerpt of this, and, and kudos to uh, Gary Furman and the crew at Kane Sport because they, they have a handful of players who write blogs on their site. Tyreek Stevenson is one of those. And here's what Tyreek had to say. And I'm rooting for this guy because, you know, he was so upfront about his error last week and he is so motivated to put it behind him. How can you not root for Tyreek? So Tyreek said, no lie. I just want to thank my teammates. After that mistake, I'm pretty sure you could see it. They put the camera on me and everything. You could see me down. You could see my head down. You could see me second guessing myself. Just having my teammates, even Coach Cristobal, come up to me and just tell me we trust you and just me to trust myself. Everybody makes mistakes, he says. And having my teammates come around me and encouraging me like, come on, Reek, we've got you. It was a mistake. It is what it is, he said. Everybody makes them. You're not perfect. So just having them come around me and just get that little bit of encouragement. But even in myself, I was just talking, taking a little time out to beat myself up, he says. You're a vet, older guy. You've been in many situations like that before. You should have made a smarter choice, he said. And then uh, later on, he said, and once I got home, sat on the couch, I took a deep breath, and I actually watched it just to see it, just to give myself that feeling, because I actually did put it behind me, he says. I actually kind of blanked it out. I think he means during the game. I didn't realize I really did that till the end of the game because I was so focused on just let me finish the game and have the best game I can despite the mistake. I got home and just watched it, still beating myself up about it and accepted the fact that it happened. Everybody makes mistakes, but I felt that made me go a little more hard, you know? So I'm sure going back and watching the film of that was not an easy thing to do. Uh, so, you know, God bless you, Tyreek. And I, I hope you uh, I hope you don't make any more mistakes like that, first and foremost. And, you know, he played fine on defense. It was special teams where he had the error. So let, let's pick it up and not make further mistakes like that going forward. Um, got it. Okay, so I want to give you a little bit more of a scouting report on Middle Tennessee when we come back. Plus, uh, a lot of people are mad at Tyler Van Dyke for something he said about the home fans. Should we be angry or are we overreacting? We have that and more coming up right here on Locked on Canes. Let's talk about betonline.net. It is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including 
all the games this week, guys, like Miami hosting Middle Tennessee. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering info, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. Available free wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, something real quick I wanted to add. Because, you know, we basically moved on from the Texas A&M game. But I do want to say after watching the game twice from start to finish and watching some specific plays over again, I think an area that uh, that needs fixing very quickly, and I don't know for sure if you blame this more on coaching or just on personnel not doing their jobs, uh, but, you know, not only did Miami's wide receivers, and I'm sorry to beat up on these guys so much, okay? I'm sorry to do this, but not only did they uh, have trouble catching footballs and running crisp routes, they also missed a ton of blocks, so Miami left a lot of yardage out there from outside runs or from screens because the receivers really struggled to make blocks. So that's something I'm sure they're paying a lot of attention to in practice this week because the offensive line blocked almost perfectly in that game. The troubles really blocking were by the wide receivers. So hopefully that's something that gets worked out and that gets fixed. Uh, as far as Middle Tennessee goes, of course, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday episodes, we're going to talk a lot about uh, about what they bring to the table but this is going to be an interesting test once again for Miami's offense so I want you guys to understand what Miami is going into here against Middle Tennessee the Blue Raiders I think they're called just understand what you're getting into so if Miami does start slow in this game don't say I didn't warn you okay I hope Miami comes out fast okay but as far as Miami's offense goes facing this Middle Tennessee defense they disguise their coverages very well, and they disguise their blitzes really well, and they are aggressive. Mario Cristobal mentioned it. They're top five in the league in sacks and in negative plays. They seem to produce a ton of interceptions as well. Now, they have faced inferior competition. Um, so hopefully, Tyler Van Dyke does a better job than the quarterbacks Middle Tennessee has faced so far. But this is a, a big play type of defense. They can force turnovers. They can make negative plays and sacks and TFLs. Uh, as far as their offense goes, you know, their quarterback, Chase Cunningham, he's got some speed. So Miami's going to need to keep him contained. That's something the Hurricanes struggled a little bit with the first two weeks was not really a factor against Max Johnson, who's a statue. Uh, for Texas A&M, but, you know, Miami does have to make sure they keep Chase Cunningham contained. Uh, they do have some playmakers, do Middle Tennessee at wide receiver. They've got at least four wide receivers who are capable of making plays in this one, so they're going to test Miami's coverage a little bit. My hope would be Miami's pass rush is so disruptive, the coverage doesn't get tested a whole lot, because I want Chase Cunningham getting sacked and running for his life in this game. So uh, what do you guys expect? Do you think Miami is going to start slow like they did against Southern Miss, because Middle Tennessee is a pretty similar opponent, especially defensively, pretty similar to Southern Miss. So do you think it's going to take Miami maybe a quarter and a half to sort of self-adjust and re- uh, and, you know, sort of uh, initiate themselves into the game? Or do you think the Hurricanes are just going to be, A, so angry after the Texas A&M loss, and B, after having faced 
five-star athletes, you're just a little bit more in tune to what the speed of college football should look like. Because I think that's a big thing. I think when you open up the season against Bethune-Cookman and Southern Miss before you play a fast team, you maybe play down to the competition in terms of your intensity. Miami faced a very intense opponent last week. So maybe the Hurricanes bottle that and take that into this Middle Tennessee game. So do you think Miami's going to start fast or – do you think this is going to be another game where they have to kind of feel it out for the first quarter and a half, and then it's off to the races a little bit later on? Let us know what you think at Locked on Canes on Twitter. So uh, something was uh, – I, I don't know when this interview was done. I think it was done right after the Texas A&M game or shortly after, but this uh, this interview is going the rounds. It was Tyler Van Dyke with Jordan Palmer, and Palmer asked him, do you prefer playing at home or on the road? And TVD says he prefers – playing on the road and he said quote we don't really have much of a college atmosphere because we play at hard rock we're about 25 minutes away from campus so a lot of students don't go and watch the game unless it's a big game but that's why i like going into away stadiums and seeing that college atmosphere now we know that tvd because he's told me and other media members this many times he likes silencing road crowds like he likes going into someone else's house and spoiling the party Maybe he should have focused more on that, okay? Um, I'm never going to rip a guy for speaking his mind. I don't want to rip Tyler Van Dyke. I don't because uh, I love the fact that he's a straight shooter and that he doesn't really filter his answers to make them PC. Like, I, I like that. I don't think there's enough of that in sports, college or pro. There's not enough transparency like that. And I don't think Tyler is wrong, right? I mean, first of all, when you talk about students coming out to games, just to add a little context to this, the Miami Hurricanes only have 12,000 undergrad students. It's a very small private university. Texas A&M had 37,000 students in their student section. I would assume they probably have double that in their student body. They had more than three times in their student section how many students Miami has enrolled. So the student population is a weird one. I do, though, you know, listen, I... It's a message because most of us that go to games, I was a student, you know, 17, 18 years ago. I'm not a student now. Uh, most of the people who go to games aren't students. So, guys, I mean, we, I think we need to do a little bit better. Let's not take as many games off. When we go out to Hard Rock Stadium, let's cheer our butts off um, because I, I don't think Tyler is wrong about that. I think what concerns some people and why a lot of Hurricanes fans wished he hadn't said it is because we don't want recruits to see that. Right. We don't want class of 2023, class of 2024 guys to see that and say, dang, their own quarterback said they don't have any atmosphere like their own quarterback is basically saying you got to go somewhere else to feel that real college atmosphere. So I, you know, I, I hope I hope that doesn't dissuade any recruits that guys are still going to want to play for the crib if you're from the area or you're still going to want to come and play for what looks like a pretty incredible coaching staff. So I'm not going to rip TVD for what he said. I appreciate the honesty. And I take that for me as a Miami Hurricanes backer, every Hurricanes fan watching this, a lot of you already do this. You go out, you're loud, you make noise, you cheer. Let's go to as many games as possible. And let's, let's make Hard Rock Stadium as hostile of an environment as we possibly can. And let's prove TVD wrong about that. Let's step up to his challenge. That's the way that I'm looking at it. 
man, I appreciate you guys so much for listening to this and, and for watching this. Make sure you subscribe on all our audio platforms, Apple, Odyssey, Spotify. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Uh, we're going to have another episode, of course, of Locked on Canes tomorrow. I'm also going to be on Locked on ACC on Thursday with Candace Cooper. Make sure you make Candace and Locked on ACC your second listen. Uh, she takes you across the conference in 30 minutes or less. Make Locked on ACC your second listen. Thank you for making us your first. We'll talk to you next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.